About That Action on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Sign up using our link and receive a $500 risk-free bet. That's right, $500. And if you send in your first bet slip, you'll get a free t-shirt. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win for a $500 risk-free bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for avid sports bettors, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better Than Vegas. It's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure you subscribe to our page so you don't miss a single pick. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTV. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. BetterEdge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG betting. That's legal in 40 states. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, Edge.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. that action boss welcome everyone to bout that action on the sports gambling podcast network i'm your host kyle waddy watnell joined by my co-host and partner in picks mark megatron glass today is monday january 18th mark this is one of the biggest shows of the year like the pointer sisters said i'm so excited i just can't hide it that's right i'm about to lose control and i think (laughs) i like it Absolutely. Happy to be here. Happy to have you on. Um, wow. We're going to talk UFC 257 today. Obviously, uh, Conor McGregor's turn return to the UFC octagon. We couldn't be more excited about it. We're going to be talking about it all episode. Uh, but first, let's handle the other business. Uh, since last week, Alabama wins the national championship game. No surprises there? Not a single surprise. They ran through that game. Yeah. Literally. Literally ran Literally through. Ran they showed up, the they ran through, and they left. Yeah, I mean, uh, the most deserving team in college football to win it gets the job done. Uh, we have a big trade we have to touch on uh, that happened in the NBA this past week. James Harden gets sent to the Nets. Are they the next big three? Uh, that's assuming that they can get Kyrie Irving to play. No one knows exactly <laughs> what he's been up to for the last couple of weeks. He's just decided he doesn't feel like playing. And uh, so if he plays and if he cooperates, yes, I definitely think that the Nets are for sure the favorites to come out of the East be interesting to see i mean james harden hasn't exactly paired well with superstars in the past on the caliber of durant and i guess Kyrie irving's a superstar when he feels like it yeah they're um, they're big but, three for sure right yeah yeah i mean they could even be a big two i think they'd be fine even if Kyrie decided that he just didn't want to take the money this year and he left and i remember saying when we talked about the first week of nba this season i said that this looks like probably the best team in the east if Kyrie irving i said quote decides not to be a douchebag this year <laughs> so far he hasn't decided that right but, uh it'll be interesting and i think it also just emphasizes how much power basketball players have like we've said in the past on the show is like 
these guys have so much influence. Like they want to trade, they get a trade. And yep. The, the teams just have no choice but to make it happen. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the, how that that trio fares. Yeah, he's uh, definitely fortunate to uh, get the trade when he asked for it. Maybe less fortunate to uh, receive all this all the slack he's been getting online for his. Uh, he, he's looked a little bit overweight recently. I don't know if you've been seeing that stuff yep. online. Man, people are lighting him up uh, based on that one pregame photo and, and the one announcer saying uh, James Harden definitely had a pregame meal uh, before he was while he was in the layup line. Um, and then he goes to the Nets and in his first game looks a lot slimmer. Clearly, uh, he just didn't know his angles that first game. Yeah, didn't have, didn't he didn't know where to be on the floor to uh, <laughs> look as slim as possible. But, uh, but anyway, when you're James Harden, like you can kind of do whatever you want, you know. Right. Um, I also have one more note here before we jump into financial investing 101 and obviously talk about the important uh, NFL playoffs going on. I have it written here that the NHL is back. Did you even know that that that, that hockey's back? Stop wasting my time. All right, let's move on. Financial investing 101. <laughs> So how was your NFL betting weekend, Mark? This was a good weekend. Last week, I had a clean sweep of losses. Lost every bet. <laughs> right. This week, clean sweep of wins. I like that. Good bounce All back. All my bets hit. All of Great them hit. bounce back. All four. All of them hit, including uh, the, I tied the Bucks plus three to cover that was an underdog there at plus 100 so that was a nice one to little pick up and help boost me up for the week so all my games hit those each cashed out a total of 221 dollars and my parlay hit as well which cashed out at plus 165 so that put me at a total of 386 dollars for the week nice and a yearly total of 233 dollars nowhere near the 7500 i set out to make in my resolution <laughs> but a career total of just over 3200 dollars. right still not too shabby of a start at least you're up uh up with the money um i had a good weekend as well i went uh technically four and one i know there were four games i went three and one with the games but my parlay also hit um the only one i got wrong uh was my ravens pick um, everything else was good. I had the Browns covering. I had the Bucks covering. I had the Packers covering. That all worked out. Um, quick breakdown of each game. I mean, the Packers came out and uh, and beat the beat the Rams uh, pretty easily. Um, any surprises from that game? And what do you expect from Aaron Rodgers this weekend uh, when Tom Brady comes to visit? No, I don't think there are any surprises. It was really cool to see you had the All Pro matchup of uh, on offense for the Packers of Aaron Rodgers and. And uh, the wide receiver Adams, and then mm -hmm. you had the on the other side of the ball, you had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, the All Pro defenders. So it was cool to see them going up against each other. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Aaron Rodgers was just too good. Chip on his shoulder. No one's gonna beat him. And uh, I see the Packers going to the Super Bowl this year. I have to say. Okay. Um, the Ravens uh, get handled by the Bills. Uh, Bills. Bills Mafia, loud and proud. I mean. Good for them. Some of those Bills fans, man, they are they they are so excited and so loud about it, and and rightfully so. Um, Bills get a big big win over the Ravens. Lamar Jackson does leave the game to an injury, though. That was a factor. The Bills, yeah, the Bills got lucky with that. Uh, I will say they they obviously looked like the better team. Really hard to judge the Ravens without the centerpiece of their offense. Uh, but they luck struck twice for the Bills actually, because they're going to go play the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes, who also got a concussion. 
Is he so, so is he for sure out? Is Mahomes for sure out? I or? have to think that if you have a concussion, you can't play one week later, right? Yeah, I don't like, know. Isn't that I don't how know. It works? I, I guess it depends on the grade of concussion. Right. Yeah, I don't I know mean, how that works. The Chiefs tied him into a five hundred million dollar contract over <laughs> ten years. I think they they maybe this one they just sack it off and they say, Hey, like, <laughs> we're just gonna go try and win without him because they need him alive or they're gonna waste a lot of money. Right. Um, it seems to me like a concussion is maybe more than a six day injury. I would I would agree. I mean, he's so important though. I just I don't know if they if they'll try to bend the rules a little bit with the concussion protocols. Obviously, concussion is a very serious injury. Uh, we wish him nothing but the best. But I mean, it's just so tough. If it's a minor concussion, it's so tough not to play him if he's feeling good. So we'll have to wait and see. But that being said, um, in that matchup against the Browns, um, we were both on the Browns to cover plus ten. It seemed like a big. Um, a big spread. And at the end of the first half, when that guy fumbled the ball and threw the back of the end zone for the touchback, it felt like uh, it felt like all hope was lost. But then the uh, second half comes out, Mahomes gets hurt, and the Browns put a you know make it a really close and interesting game. So uh, Browns plus ten was a uh, was a good pick by us on that one. It was a tough one to make at the time against Mahomes, but uh, in hindsight, it was the right the right play. Um, and then lastly, um, we have to touch on uh, the Bucks and the Saints. Um, Drew Brees. Perhaps his last uh, NFL game ever, huh? Yeah, it looked like it. And you saw the scenes of him on the field with Tom Brady and yep. uh, his kids after the game. It kind of looked like a guy who was maybe about to hang the, hang the cleats up. For sure. It was sad, though. I mean, he threw three picks in what was a bad game for him in his last game at the Superdome. It's one of those things where it's like, maybe Drew Brees doesn't want to retire on that note, you know? like he, yeah. he looks like he has more in him physically. Who knows where he's at mentally? Um yeah, I mean, tough way to go out for him. Can't bet against Brady in the playoffs. I actually saw that uh, Tom Brady has now played an entire season's worth of divisional games, 16 divisional playoff games. Wow. And he's 14-2. and two. Yeah, it's just pretty, absolutely incredible. Yeah, pretty pretty remarkable. Um, I touched on it a little bit last show that I thought uh, the Bucks had a good shot to go all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm going to stick to my guns there. I mean, what a great performance they put up against Drew Brees and the Saints. I think... Um, I think there's a good shot to go all the way. I mean, I know it's a tough trip to go play in Lambeau uh, in, in the cold weather, but, I mean, it just seems like everything's firing right now. Uh, by the way, I should mention my numbers. Um, I mean, this was a this was a nerve-wracking week of football for me, Mark, because as we discussed on last week's show, I was down in the negative money, um, so I had to come all the way back. I was able to, to secure a strong $385 with the big help of my Bucks and Packer uh, Moneyline Parlay. Thank you. Very Thank nice, you very, very much. Nice. Uh, that moves my career total to the positives of uh, $297. So we're back up, and we've got some good money to uh, to wager this weekend with UFC 257. There we go. We, we know we love betting on that UFC. I actually had one last NFL point that I go wanted ahead. to make. Please. That I actually just came into my head now. I really think the Bills are going to beat – I know we're not betting on that this week, but I really mm-hmm. think the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play. Okay which I really don't think he will. Like, if your concussion is bad enough for Patrick Mahomes to be out for the rest of the game, I don't see him recovering in time. That's true. That's just me. So if the Bills went to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and Tom Brady and the Bucks beat the Packers, mm-hmm. that would mean the Bills are in the Super Bowl against Brady, who is, like, obviously the New England Patriots quarterback yeah. and the guy that kept the just hammering the Bills over and over. Right. So it would just be absolutely poetic justice if the Bills' first <laughs> Super Bowl in decades was over was Tom Brady. Brady. That would be I like that, that. Would be incredible. Just something to keep our eyes on as we move forward into uh, the next two weeks. Absolutely. And uh, you know, on next week's show, we look forward to uh, 
getting the latest updates uh, with the NFL. But of course, this week's we're this week we're here to talk UFC. Um, there is no event bigger enough uh, to for us to bet on over uh, a Conor McGregor fight. Um, you sent me a text before the show. I mean, as we've mentioned, I do a lot of the work in uh, putting the outlines of the shows together and, and coming up with the segments. Mark, you actually wanted to do some work this week for the for the show this week. You said I yep. have a segment idea that I'd like ding, to ding, debut. Ding. Surprise segment. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Well, made by me. So it's please, actually, the, the floor is yours. It's not a debut. We're we're getting right into it right it's now. It's not a debut. Are you gonna take my segment? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's your idea that we had in the past, but we haven't done it since. Okay, okay. It's name that quote, Conor oh. McGregor edition. Oh, I love it. I and love since it. it's McGregor, you did it with Kawhi Leonard, who right. said about seven words in his entire life. <laughs> this is right. McGregor we're talking about. So you're gonna get four choices, and one of them is gonna be wrong. Three okay. of them are gonna be. So I have wait. So four three. Quotes. So three are real quotes. Three are real. One is false. And my I want you my to job is to fake. identify the false or the, the the fake quote that you made up. Or I could or I could curate it and I could I could give you two quotes and you pick which one's no, real. No, I'm, I'm coming in real confident. I think I'll be able to pick out the quote that is not real. Okay, sounds good. Go ahead. I'm gonna. Here's the four four quotes. Quote one. You're like a gazelle, all bunched up together and hoping that you get spared. I'm a lion in there, and I'm going to eat you alive. Your little gazelle friends are going to be staring through the cage, looking at you, getting your carcass eaten alive, and they can do nothing. <laughs> all they're going to do is say, we're never going to cross this river again. Wow. Okay. That's one quote. All right. Quote number two. Let me tell you something. There is no nobility in poverty. I've been a poor man, and I've been a rich man, and I'll choose rich every fucking time. <laughs> That's quote two. Okay. Quote three. I own this town. So for him to say that he is the king and I am the joker. Oh, I know this If one. this was a different time, I would invade his favela on horseback and would kill anyone who wasn't fit to work. <laughs> but we're in a different time, so I'll whoop his ass instead. Yep. Okay. Sounds like you've heard that one oh, before. Oh, I've heard that one before. Yep. And the final quote, quote mm -hmm. four. There are two things I really like to do, and that's whoop ass and look good. I'm doing one of them right now, and on Saturday night, I'm doing the other. Wow. Oh, man. All right. Four quotes. All right, watch this. Watch this, Mark. This is how much of a Conor McGregor fanboy I am, okay? Number one is a real quote from his fight with Nate Diaz. He called Nate Diaz a gazelle because of his kind of skinny, fat frame. Is that right? Ding, ding, ding. You can knock knock that one off the board. All right, that one's off the board. Number three can also be... or number Yeah, number three can also be knocked off the board. Uh, that was to Jose Aldo talking about how he's Brazilian and how he owns Rio de Janeiro and how he would... Wow, okay, yeah, I know that yeah one. he's good. He's good. So we can knock so those two out. Choices two and four. I can read them back to you if you want to hear them again. Um, I think I... I, think I re remind me of number two. Let me tell you something. There's no nobility in poverty. I've been a poor man, and I've been a rich man, and I choose rich every fucking time. Man, you... The fact that you came up with with one of those two that's left is is pretty impressive because they both sound like Conor things Conor McGregor would say. Uh, I'm gonna say number two is the fake quote. I think number four is real, where he says he's gonna whoop ass and look good. Is that right? Ding ding ding! Let's go! We have a winner. 
Let's go. <laughs> the quote, the fake quote was it's actually, I did not make that up. It's from uh, Jordan Belfort in The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> when he's speaking to his minions uh, at okay. Stratton Oakmont. Okay, you got the right good. quote. Your Sweet. prize is I'm going to Venmo you $10 to add to your McGregor bet. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Mark. Ten more, ten more dollars. It's gonna be a, a big one hundred and ten dollar bet. Appreciate that. Um, and good work, good work coming over the segment. I thought those were just great quotes. Yeah, you did a great job. Um, those he's are so poetic. In, oh, he's uh, so so poetic, and I I love that. Uh, that movie quote is is totally something that Conor McGregor could also say. That's hilarious. I know it's like that was scripted in a movie, and it's something <laughs> that like, Conor McGregor could realistically say in real life. Right. Everything he everything he says could be a movie quote. Um, let's go ahead and break down, uh, our top two McGregor moments before we dive into our two UFC 257 picks. Does that sound good? Oh yeah. I like that. I get two moments, two moments to pick from all of McGregor's mayhem throughout the years. Uh, what are your top two? Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> they mine are both going to be quotes. Okay. I think an iconic McGregor moment that changed the landscape of trash talking okay. was, uh, when he said, what was he? he was like, who is the guy who is talking shit in the background? And they're saying, like, who do you think is the biggest threat in this division? Oh, and that some was guy in Jeremy, the back, Jeremy Stevens. Yes, Jeremy yeah, Stevens. Jeremy Stevens was like, yo, me back here. Like, <laughs> I, I knock people out cold. And then McGregor is just like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> right. And that I think that was, he actually had, like, the press actually laughed when he said that. <laughs> I've never seen the press laugh at another fighter <laughs> like that before. And I think that is absolutely hilarious and an absolutely iconic off, or not off the court, out of the ring yep. Conor McGregor moment that I'm putting into my top two. That's perfect. Um, for my first one of the two, uh, I really liked his, I mean, all of his post-fight interviews are awesome, but uh, I w- I'm going to go ahead and pinpoint his UFC 205 post-interview. Uh, which is UFC 205 was when he went and became the double champ uh, by beating Eddie Alvarez in dominant fashion on his move up to lightweight. Um, And afterwards, I mean, he first had the whole debacle where they gave him the lightweight belt, but he also wanted to have his featherweight belt. If you remember that interview, he wanted to have both belts uh, wrapped around him at the same time. So he was basically complaining about how the UFC is worth, you know, it was just sold for $4.2 billion and they couldn't supply him with two belts to have. <laughs> uh, and so, so some uh, some UFC intern or something had to run to the back and uh, grab that second belt and bring it to him. So that was an iconic moment uh, where he had, ends up with two belts on top of the cage uh, for the first time in UFC history for someone to hold two belts at the same time. So really iconic moment there. And then he also just, you know, ripped on everyone, talked about how no one had any uh, attributes to challenge him how he was too dominant, he was too good. Um, and I just liked how cocky he was in the interview. He had the, also had the, I'd like to apologize to absolutely yeah. nobody. Um, and then he also, to end the interview is my favorite part. Um, Joe Rogan goes, it was an honor calling your fight. And then Connor goes, you're welcome and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a little bit of an underrated that moment from that sure, interview. Like, that was peak. That, that's like peak McGregor yeah. cockiness. That actually goes into my second one. Go ahead. This is a great one. It's actually a, another quote that I have pulled up. <laughs> and uh, when he was he was speaking to uh, Dos Anjos, yes. a Brazilian fighter who wanted to fight him. Yes. And in his interview, he said, I can make you rich. I can change your bum life. Oh, yeah. You fight me, it's a celebration. When you sign to fight me, it is a massive celebration. You ring back home. You call your wife. 
baby, we've done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us rich. Break out the red panties. <laughs> <laughs> Another famous quote from Conor and then McGregor. That became, that became like a thing around the UFC yep. and that people just start saying where they're like, it's a red panty night. Yep. Which actually has its own urban dictionary for definition. That. Wow. Yes. From that. That's unbelievable. A <laughs> night meant for celebrating a special occasion. Your <laughs> wife will wear her red fancy panties to bed you. This is a term introduced by UFC featherweight champion Conor McGregor. That's unbelievable <laughs> that that's in the dictionary. Now that's, that's hilarious. Um, a great pick for my second pick. I mean, I had uh, what you've already touched on. Some of the Jose Aldo trash talk was some of the most ruthless stuff ever. Um, I mean, there's some great YouTube videos on on the compilation of all the stuff that he did to Jose Aldo to get inside of his head before that, obviously, 14 second knockout um, that he scored over him in the featherweight title fight. But some of the things, dude, he was constantly and it was also like not just in interviews, but also like outside of interviews, between shots. He was just constantly trying to mess with this guy. Um, there's there's clips of him on TV sets, um, you know, like mouthing words to him, uh, you know, telling him to come fight, calling him, uh, calling him weak, calling him this, calling him that. And it's just like, it just shows you that it was like a full-time job for Connor to like try to get inside this guy's head. And I mean, some of the good ones are like... Uh, he, he tells the guy to uh, come and get it when he takes the belt off from him. And, and it's just like everything he did uh, to lead up and, and thinking that he actually owned Rio de Janeiro and telling him that when the, and when they were in the tour villagers. there, that he was going to, yeah, just, just acting like that was just so unbelievable and, and so unheard of at the time. Like uh, the, the Jose Aldo trash talk that, that was a few months before that fight um, is, was one of my favorite uh conor mcgregor moments um looking oh, back yeah. at that definitely time. in the ring moment that is that is by yeah. far the best one to me i think what's so interesting in context is that that amount of trash talk that he had put on like you said it was unprecedented right he basically trash talked like only slightly less than he trash talked floyd mayweather mm-hmm. and the mayweather versus mcgregor thing was a a quote-unquote friendly bout that was designed <laughs> to be so they, they literally had parades and like uh not like concerts, but they had it was these like a giants. world tour. Yep. Yeah, like they went on a trash talking world yeah, tour. Yeah, they did. And it wasn't even that much worse than what <laughs> McGregor did to Aldo. And then on top of like at least Mayweather won and defended his right, honor as right. like the greatest boxer of all time. No, yeah. And like McGregor literally just walked up to Aldo, looked him square in the eyes, and knocked him out <laughs> yep. faster than the commentators could describe the color shorts that each <laughs> yeah, fighter that, was wearing. That's exactly like, right. And like, hey, they've got uh, McGregor in the green, Aldo. Oh my god. <laughs> Knocks him out. Right. Absolutely and, incredible. And then immediately jumps on top of the fence and starts flipping off the guy's corner and uh, and throwing, like, f- you know, acting like he's miming, throwing money all over the ring. Just unbelievable uh, That's vintage. That's got to be the best feeling in the world, too, is, like, you pr- spend all that time preparing for the championship fight. You walk in the ring. 15 seconds later, you're out you're of there done. without a scratch. Right. You literally haven't been touched. Couldn't have gone any better. Um Anything else from you before we move on to? We got to make our UFC 257 main card picks. We've got to break down Conor McGregor's fight. His his uh, it's not a title fight. Uh, it is a comeback fight though with one of the top ranked lightweights, Dustin Poirier. Um, anything else to ha- add before we move into the UFC 257? Yeah, I wanted to get your uh, improv opinion if. If if Conor McGregor was shit talking the SGPN network, what would he say? <laughs> that's my question. Oh, to you. that's you get, good. You get to make your own McGregor quote. That's good. Aimed at, at any part of the SGPN. Oh, network. Oh, okay, I like that. Um, 
for that, I'm going to go with, I'm going to take your little quote from the uh, Jeremy Stevens incident where the media literally laughed at the guy. I'm going to start with who the fuck is SGPN, right? Who the fuck is SGPN? And then also from, I don't know if you've been seeing the commercials building up this fight on ESPN, uh, but the way that the commercial opens is one of his quotes where he goes, uh, <laughs> it's basically the way to win in this game is to either be me or fight me. So I'm going to say for my uh, trash talk to SGPN, the way to win in this game, and this is a, this is a preview into what our picks are going to be for this fight. The way to win in this game is to either be me or to bet on me. That's what Conor McGregor would say to oh, SGPN. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. I like that a lot. Be you, me or bet on me. Be me or bet on me. That's how you make money in this game. Uh, what do you got for your Conor McGregor trash talk to SGPN? I went a, I went a little bit darker. Oh, I like a little it. Bit, a little bit darker and a little bit more for the throat. Okay. Where I basically thought of like how he's always saying, like, don't talk about me. Uh-huh. Like, get your my name get my name out of your mouth. That's good. That's good. Don't talk about me and gambling in the same breath. That's a little English accent, <laughs> I think. That's not Irish. Close, at all. close. <laughs> there is no gamble when I'm fighting. <laughs> <laughs> the only gamble is will Dana give me the performance of the night bonus? <laughs> or will he decide to use it for charity for one of these broke motherfuckers? <laughs> Next time you talk about I'm freestyling this. This is good. Keep going. Next time you talk about you talk to me about betting. It better be about if Kyle and Mark deep throated the network to get this job. <laughs> I'll put I'll put all of my jewelry, all my cars, on the under. <laughs> you are just lucky I don't have a podcast of my own, or I would run your sorry show into the ground just for fun. <laughs> It'd be something along those lines. <laughs> That's that's pretty good. Your McGregor is so bad that it's almost good. Your impression. I can get some of the words. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Some of the words. You can get Irish an Irish accent on some of those words. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, that was some good Conor McGregor talk. You know we had to fanboy for at least 15 minutes about it. Um, let's go ahead and jump into UFC 257. Let's make our picks for the main card. Um, we start off, and and we're we're gonna be honest here. Mark and I. We're really, we're really interested in the co-main event and the main event here, um, as are most people with this card. So we're going to fly through the first few fights, and then we're going to really try to break down uh, the lightweight fight between Dan Hooker and Michael Chandler, who is a former Bellator champion who's making his way to the UFC. And then we're going to, of course, give our best breakdown of McGregor taking on Poirier and our best bets for each. Um, let's go ahead and start off strawweight fight between Marina Rodriguez, who is a plus 250 underdog. She takes on Amanda Ribas, who is a minus 325 favorite. Um, I will uh, give a little bit of background on Amanda Ribas. Uh, she was one of the breakout fighters of 2020. She's out of Brazil, a submission specialist, got a great personality, great athlete. Um, there's a reason she's got a hefty price on this one. I'm assuming you're going to go ahead and take Ribas. Yeah, I literally am not going to lie to the fans of the show and the listeners of the network and act like I can commentate on the newcomers of female <laughs> UFC fighting. But I mean, minus 325, I feel like I'm not going to I'm not going to ignore that if I don't have the information. Yeah, fair. Don't stand Unless in her way. Unless you want to sway me otherwise. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to sway you otherwise. Um, I think, uh, as I've talked a little bit about the UFC marketing machine, they recognize when they have a breakout star. They recognize someone with potential. She was one of the breakout stars of 2020. I'm not saying it's a setup fight, but I am saying uh, it makes sense for them to give her an opponent that they think she can handle. Uh, there's a reason she's the biggest favorite on the main card. Uh, don't, don't be cute. Uh, just take Amanda Rebus at minus 325. Let's move on. Lightweight fight. 
Matt Frivola, a plus 130 dog, takes on Otman Azaitar, a minus 160 favorite. Um, what do you like here? I have no idea. I, I'm thinking <laughs> of taking... <laughs> thinking of taking Ottoman, Ottoman Azaitar, yeah. just because he's the favorite. Yeah, uh, yeah. These guys are good. Honestly, when I this will be I a good going fight. Through making these, I was going through making these picks, and the the co-main event, and uh, obviously McGregor versus Poirier was just. I was so jacked up to get to those. Of ones course, I just of course. Was like okay, under, under, under. Yeah, no, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So I, I took Azaitar. Az- yeah, but uh, I have absolutely no reasoning behind it. <laughs> the, so these, maybe the fans want to defer to you on this one. The, these guys are good. Uh, Azaitar is undefeated. Uh, these Vola. guys are good. From Kyle, <laughs> put that in quotes. These guys are good. Uh, Azaitar is an undefeated fighter. Favola's only lost once. Uh, Favola's last win was over Luis Pena, who is a, a a pretty good lightweight as well. Um, that was a split decision win, so you could argue he could have two losses, but I do think he won that fight. Um, the thing I like here is that Azaitar has just huge knockout power, and uh, Frivola, his one loss was a first-round knockout, so I like the odds of Azaitar getting a win inside the distance. So my my bet is also on Otman Azaitar, uh, but I'm actually going to take him inside the distance to make this a plus-money bet. Uh, you can get that at plus 125. Uh so that's what I'm going to take for this one. Oh, this dude's Moroccan. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I've been to Morocco. I almost got like kidnapped in the desert there. Maybe story for another time. All right. Flyweight fight. Jessica I, a minus 105 slight dog, takes on Joanne Calderwood, a minus 125 favorite. What do you like? This one's a coin flip, it looks like. Uh, I took Jessica I. Mm-hmm. I just feel like when it's a... Uh... Two two uh, negative numbers. Yeah, I just I just like to take the take the smaller one. <laughs> the so. slight dog. Yeah, I understand <laughs> yeah, that. Very slight. Also, uh, I was looking at her Wikipedia page okay. to gather some information because that's where all of the experts that's where are your, going. That's where your research comes from for the show. <laughs> Mostly, yeah, and it actually said that. Uh, she was referenced in a Machine Gun Kelly song. Okay. Because <laughs> they're both from they're both from Cleveland. Okay. And I, Machine Gun Kelly, he he's got crazy momentum right now. Yeah, he's big. He's he is big right now. Yeah. He's dating dating Megan Fox. Wow, I didn't know that. Like, I that kn- guy's dating Megan Fox. Right. He was dating or not dating. He was uh he did a uh, an appearance uh during the um, New Year's Eve like New York thing too. He did a little bit of yeah. Well, he's got he's there. like bringing back pop punk music. Like right. he's like reigniting Blink One Eighty Two. All right. Which is interesting. I don't really like the music, but so I you're mean, gonna just take, the fact that Machine Gun Kelly's hilarious. Right. So you're going to take Jessica I because she was shouted like, out in a Machine yeah, Gun Kelly like song. Cleveland's like riding the wave. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. LeBron James left. Machine Gun Kelly brought back Blink 182. <laughs> and now Jessica I beats, uh, what's this, Calderwood. <laughs> I think those things like kind of like make a triangle right there. It's I'm all gonna, about valleys and peaks. I agree. It's a. I agree. It's a bit of a toss up. Jessica I has been around a while. She's one of the victims of one of the most brutal knockouts. Uh, from Valentina Shevchenko, head kicked her one time, and it was absolutely brutal. Um, she's been around for a while. She's she's a solid fighter. I'm gonna take Calderwood here, um, just because a sli- it's a slight momentum pick, um, and a slight taking the the newer, fresher fighter, um, against Jessica I, who's been around a while. So the, I'll take the Calderwood. Momentum is with MGK. <laughs> all right i'm gonna it's take all Cal- it's not with calderwood <laughs> uh, let's let's go ahead and move move on to uh what the people want to hear let's go ahead and uh talk about our lightweight co-main event um 
so basically, I mean, these two guys are also at the very top of the division right next to uh, McGregor and Poirier. So depending on what these two guys do, uh, it'll also tell a lot about the future of who's going to get the belt next in the lightweight division and whether Khabib will return, all that good stuff. Um, Dan Hooker, a slight minus 125 favorite, takes on Michael Chandler, uh, the Bellator fighting promotions lightweight champion, makes his USA UFC debut on the biggest card of the year. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I had some questions for you here. Sure. Right, about this Michael Chandler guy. Sure. So I understand that this dude is like a very decorated Bellator fighter. Yes. And now he's, ju- he's just now stepping into the UFC after like 10 years as a pro. Yep. What's the reason for that? Uh, basically, it's a it becomes a big deal. Like uh, the UFC decides when they see a star with big enough potential from another promotion that that is too dominant in another promotion, or or just seems like a marketable person for them, uh, they will sometimes decide to sign these fighters from these promotions. And I mean, the timing of it all depends. Um, you know, you never really know who makes that final decision. Obviously, Dana White has a big part of it, but uh, Michael Chandler has been so dominant in Bellator. Um, that the UFC decided to make this deal and buy him. Uh, they also they do some trades as well, like some guys who uh, in the UFC who are uh, maybe not doing as well recently, or looking for a change of scene, or um, you know on the down the down half of their career will sometimes go to Bellator, and guys on the rise from Bellator who have a lot of promise will sometimes go to the UFC. So there's there's deals that happen sometimes um, based on these guys' contracts and their their where they're at in their careers. So. Uh, Michael Chandler was the most recent big headline one to come from Bellator. So this is a huge, I mean, just a huge spot for him. It could, the lights couldn't be brighter to make your UFC debut. Yeah, I think I just think it's so interesting because obviously like the Bellator and UFC are on, you know, that's the minors and the majors to me. Yeah, and, they're, yeah, they're both. Uh, yeah, they're both. They're, they're both yep. solid promotions. Definitely, you're right. The UFC's bigger. Uh, but this it, guy's just good enough to go in and this fight guy's good. against against Hooker. Absolutely. And I also saw that he was a backup for the Khabib Gaethje fight in yeah. case one of them had to pull out. Like he's that good. He's that. He is that good. He is that good. And, and they know this just without him having ever been in the UFC. Well, it's the same sport. It's like when uh, it's like when the Major League Baseball signs a huge player out of Japan. It's like they've seen enough film. Yeah, they, it's they know the he's same good. sport, but it's a little bit different. Like <laughs> I did, I had a pretty good D3 soccer career, and uh, I, <laughs> I didn't get the call up to the uh, Premier League. <laughs> you know? I don't know if that's comparable or not. Uh, no, I, I, I get think, what you mean. I think I it's interesting. Mean. Maybe yeah. this opens up a hole for maybe like a Dana White conspiracy where he buys out <laughs> this Michael Chandler guy because he's like, yo, I just want to show how much better the UFC is than Bellator. So he puts him up against Dan Hooker, who's a guy that's just a, a brick wall, you know, <laughs> a guy that just takes hits and gives hits uh-huh. and just be like, yo, just beat, beat this guy down. And then we're sending him back. Honestly, funny side note on that. Uh, one of the last big stars to be brought to the UFC was Ben Askren. I don't know if that name rings a bell for you, but yeah, that, of course the fastest knockout ever. Yeah. So that's the, the wrong side of it. So that's exactly what happened the last times they brought over a big star. He, he was undefeated and he really? came over and then he ran so into he it. Does it again. Yeah. And then he ran into the knee of Jorge Masvidal within four seconds. So, Anyway, I, I I know Michael Chandler is very good in this one. Um, do you have a pick for this one or just questions? Uh, I have a pick. I'm going to pick Dan Hooker. <laughs> okay. I, I love Dan Hooker. I mean, that guy's amazing. Uh, like the last fight he had was – the last fight he had was against Poirier, right? Correct. That was like very back and forth. That was an absolute Sl- bloodfest. Yeah, slugfest. That was like something out of like a, a Roman gladiator thing. Like, right. Yeah, that was – 
what the UFC is all about. And it's free on YouTube. You can go watch that fight. I highly recommend it. It was absolutely insane. Great fight. Great fight. So I, I feel like as long as Hooker can defend this guy's ground game, I've heard that Michael Chandler is supposed to be like a pretty elite wrestler. He is, yep. Um, so I think if he can have a good ground defense and just just wear him down over time, I think he'll eventually just get a get a knockout in uh, in like maybe the late third, early fourth round. Yeah, the way for Chandler to win this fight is to secure takedowns, get top control, and be heavy um, as the kind of shorter, stockier fighter against a tall. Uh, Dan Hooker. I mean, Dan Hooker's nickname is the Hangman. He literally looks like the Hangman. He's got super long legs, super long arms, um, and he's primarily a striker. He's got good submissions too, um, especially his guillotine's pretty strong, but definitely the way to get this done for Michael Chandler is to get it to the mat. Um, Dan Hooker's going to have all sorts of reach and is going to be trying his best to stuff the takedown, uh, keep Michael Chandler on the end of his punches and kicks, and just keep that distance and kind of pick him apart that way. Um, so a super interesting stylistic matchup. Um, I do want to say, you know, very honestly, this is a really hard fight to call because we've never seen Michael Chandler in the UFC octagon before. So it's just so hard to know how he's going to come out um, in his debut. I mean, some people shine under the bright lights and have a career performance and some people don't. Um, so this isn't one that I'm particularly excited to bet on because, it's just so close. Dan Hooker's a stud. Uh, I mean, it's just a great it's a great matchup, a great test for us to see what Michael Chandler's all about and how good he really is. I think that's more the point of this fight. Um, so I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Hooker only because he's a UFC-proven guy. Um, we've seen him in some slugfests, and especially recently he's looking really durable. So I'm going to agree and take you also because, I mean, you know I'm a New Zealand citizen, and i got to back my Kiwi br- brother there with Dan Hooker. Um, so I've got to take him for that reason as well. Dan Hooker is the pick, minus 125. This is going to be a very interesting fight. Uh, great to put them in the co-main event of a Conor McGregor uh, card because after after these two fights, we have a totally new perspective on the lightweight title picture. Yeah, I would I would uh, agree with all that. I mean, Dan Hooker coming off of a loss to Poirier, who's a contender. This is his chance to kind of get, get his name back. Not that his name left the conversation, but to be like, hey, you right. know. I'm still in the conversation. I'm also just seeing uh, as an off the uh, out of the ring side note. Of course. Delving into the Wikipedia pages of both <laughs> of these fighters as I tend to do. What do you see? Michael Chandler has a personal life section on his and it says Chandler started dating Bree Willett. I believe is how you pronounce that. Okay. In 2013 after emailing for almost two years. Oh, that's interesting. Subsequently, they got married in 2014. Huh. And they adopted a son in 2018. So uh, I was just—I just think that's—that's—is that's, uh, that savage what? or weird? Is, is that, that savage, savage or weird? Is that New sa- segment, surprise segment, <laughs> savage or weird? You meet your girlfriend over email for two years, not not Instagram, not Twitter, not Tinder, not Bumble, email, AOL.com. That's interesting Ahu for mail. sure. That's that's like writing letters, you know, like email. But then you end what up is email? Her. Savage or weird? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a little weird. I hate to do it to my guy Michael Chandler, but that's a little bit weird to email someone, right? Like never never meet never meet them. Like email is just the think about it as for people who meet online on these dating apps, when they're messaging each other, it's quick back and forth. With email, you can't really do that, right? So it's almost like writing a letter. Like it takes a while to go for the emails to bounce back and forth. I think it's weird. What do you think? I- I, I just searched her, searched them on Google Images, and I think she's hot enough for it to be savage. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say savage. 
let's uh let's take a quick break for an ad read before we bounce back for our main event between the notorious conor mcgregor and dustin poirier first up is win bet WinBet gives you a $500 risk-free bet. Send in your first WinBet screenshot to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get a free t-shirt, tons of boosted bets, including a wheel spin to boost parlays. Perfect for hashtag DGENs only. WinBet is currently online in New Jersey, Colorado, Michigan, and is coming to more states on the way. If WinBet isn't active in your state, you can still get a free t-shirt by referring a friend. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash w-y-n-n we're also brought to you by better than dot vegas it's like youtube but for what hashtag dgens only care about the most their families and children psych sports betting the best part is you'll be able to get free video picks from the sgpn crew make sure to subscribe to the sgpn page sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv so you don't miss any of our videos if you're subscribed you'll get a notification every time a new sgpn video is posted so go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv to subscribe to our better than dot vegas page today that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. Since you're buying positions from other sports bettors, there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states. Plus, we got a weekly contest going on with them for our listeners. They're back with a divisional playoff round competition. $10 to enter, and each user will start with a balance of $1,000 to wager on multiple multiple events the player with the highest earnings will take the entire pool of entry fees sign up today at betteredge.com and use the promo code sgp for a free that's right free ten dollar bet that's b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com promo code sgp and last but not least have you ever thought of starting your own sportsbook but you don't know how Ace per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded faster than McGregor can knock out Jose Aldo. They'll have top-notch customer support going 24-7 in some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. Just like that, we're back. Uh, this past week, Mark, Conor McGregor quoted, he said, I am going to knock out Dustin Poirier within 60 seconds. Is that what you expect for this highly, highly, highly hyped fight? One of the biggest fights of the year. Look, he said that the first time that they fought Poirier too, back in 2014, I believe it was. (laughs) Yeah. And he was right. (laughs) You said first round, and you got him in the first round. Right. Now he's saying 60 seconds. I know. Uh, I think <laughs> Poirier has grown a lot as a fighter since then. I mean, they both have. Mm-hmm. The problem with McGregor, right, is that he fights like once every two years. Yeah. And he's got so much other stuff going on that you never like truly know what's happening right. with him. Right. But at the same time, you just got to take his word for it, you know? <laughs> I wonder what the totally. betting line is for a literal first-minute knockout. 
Yeah, I, I wonder if they have that at some books. I'm sure they probably do for a first-minute knockout. That'd be an interesting one. Uh, by the way, I should mention before we dive into it any further, Dustin Poirier is a plus 235 underdog. Conor McGregor, a minus 305 favorite. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying there. It, it, he does so much, and he has so much going on in his personal life, it feels like, that he brings a different vibe uh, to fight week each and different each and every time he's got a little bit of a different persona going on he's acting a little different with his cockiness his humbleness whatever it may be uh and it feels like from what i've seen this time around it feels like we're getting a a very serious conor mcgregor i know dana white's trying to sell that as well it feels like we're getting a focused in shape uh and just like no nonsense kind of version of conor mcgregor it feels like in his interviews he's he's dedicated to this fight and it seems like he's almost already looking past Dustin a little bit which I mean he needs to be careful with but I mean he seems like he knows what he's what he's gonna do you know what I mean and when Connor has a plan it tends to happen and it seems like he's got a plan not only for this fight but for for the rest of 2021 yeah no I can agree with that and it almost reminds me of a less extreme version of what we said about Tony Ferguson where we're like he can't lose this fight because this division is so stacked Uh uh-huh Obviously, McGregor is McGregor, and like he can go two two years without fighting and still be in the conversation. Right. Um, but it seems like for me, in such a stacked division with so many guys coming up in a vacant belt, it's like this is a fight where this is a statement fight for him. Yeah. Where he says he wins this fight and it's and says, "Hey, I'm the next guy up that should fight for the belt." Whereas, suppose if he loses and he's got to take the longer road, so it's right. going to be interesting. I I do see McGregor winning. I'm definitely going to take him. Um, yeah. And I think I think I think he's going to win early. I think he'll win in the first half of the fight. So he'll win within two and a half rounds. Okay. I think I think that's when McGregor has his best fighting is when he comes out really strong in the beginning. I agree. And Poirier is a guy that's willing to take hits. When he fought his last fight against Dan Hooker, that went the distance and he won by decision. Yep. I mean, the damage that was taken right. by both those guys, but right. Poirier especially, was incredible. And you just can't afford to fight that way against Conor McGregor. His right. punches are way too strong. I also was listening to Daniel Cormier talk about this mm-hmm. and how they're they're both southpaw fighters. Right. And so because of the stance of that, he thinks that McGregor's going to have a big advantage because he's much more agile and he's going to have a better time closing the angles. And when he's fighting southpaw, or when because he fights southpaw, McGregor prefers for his uh he prefers to circle his opponent clockwise so that he can lean in with his right and get a longer distance with his left right hand with his dynamite and, hand exactly and it's literally the kiss of death you yep. know he's, he's he's knocked out so many guys like that right so that makes it especially challenging for poirier who's gonna have to counter that by going uh counterclockwise on him which means that poirier is going to be moving at a weaker position to deliver those hits uh, and I, I just I just feel like with McGregor's experience and his power versus how Poirier likes to fight, obviously he's an incredible fighter. He's a great fighter, but like Conor McGregor said himself, he said Poirier is a great fighter, but great is still many levels below me. <laughs> great all-time I, quote. I have Yeah, I have to agree with that. And so I see I see McGregor winning this one early. I, I think he wins in probably the late second or early third round. Yep, I totally understand that. Um, great analysis, by the way. Uh, th- thanks, Daniel Cormier. Uh, I think uh, I think you're definitely right. It seems like we're getting a similar vibe to before the Donald Cerrone fight, where McGregor kind of knows, like it's almost like he he knows he knows the levels to this game. He knows he understands what he's up against, and and it seems like he. He's giving a good breakdown of, of what he expects to happen, and he thinks that those that Dustin is 
uh, levels below him, as you mentioned. Another great quote he had from uh, from some of his uh, his media this week was he said, uh, you know, hard things when you fully commit to them actually become very easy. And I really liked that quote because uh, he has no there's no reason why he needs to be fighting anymore. And I like to think about this with Connor, like he's so wealthy and he's so set for life and his whiskey business is so huge. There's just no reason to go, you know, fight someone unless you absolutely love it and you love everything about the lifestyle of training and this and that. And he's just that guy. Like it's unbelievable that he's going to make another, another shot for my, for my view that he's going to make another shot for the title here is, is, is really something to look up to. And, and he understands now having gone through some of the things he went through, including that loss to Khabib where he came in, uh, not in the best shape, where he came in with not the best fight camp, where he came in not fully focused. Uh, now that he's lived through things like that, he knows exactly what he needs to do to bring the best version of himself to the octagon every time. And I think now that he has that stuff figured out and he's more of a mature fighter, more of a mature man, now he's a kid, he has a family, like, I think there's no there's no way. There's no way I'm going to I'm going to bet against Conor McGregor when he's acting this way. And uh there's just no, there's just no way. I mean, I understand people are are going to try to sell Dustin Poirier as uh, oh, he's come he's come along so far since the last time. Oh, he's looked so good recently, but guys, I mean, we've talked about it before. There's some guys in some sports that you just don't get in their way, and in the UFC, it is definitely Conor McGregor. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. And I, I think the big part there is the maturity element of it, mm-hmm. where, you know, back when Conor McGregor was much younger and coming up, and like, yeah, he was knocking people out in the first round like it was nobody's business. And he was that rising star, and he had that incredible amount of cockiness, like the quotes that we were talking about, right. and how entertaining that was. It's almost like now that he's solidified that and he's grown up a little bit, he's kind of mellowed out slightly. Like, totally. he still definitely has that element to him. But, I mean, he's not, you know, showing up in the giant, like, pink fur coats and grabbing <laughs> the belt off the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, making these personal attacks. Totally. Uh, but so so it seems to me, like you said, this whole new level to focus, I, I feel like he there's a great chance that he's unlocked a whole new level within himself that mm-hmm. comes from the experience that he's had through the ups, that, the extreme ups that he had, and then also the extreme downs where a lot of people were counting him out. Totally. Uh, and he, he went he went through that rough period where you know he hadn't fought in a long time and then he fought Mayweather and lost and so that was a whole right. thing then he came back fought Khabib got his ass kicked and right. you know he like had all the com- conflicts where he threw the he threw the trolley like through the bus window right. and all that stuff so he he was down you know a lot of yeah. people yep. forget that he was really down and then he just when he came back and fought Cerrone yep and had that quick knockout again it was like the old Connor was back so I, I feel like Hopefully he's found a good a good balance yep. between those two uh, those two psyches, if to- you will. No, totally. I I really like that you bring that up. Um, also the the punching the the old man in the in the Irish bar was another low for him. He definitely went through some of those slumps outside of the octagon in his personal life, where he took a ton of slack. So yeah, he's ha- he's had some low lows outside of the cage. He's had some low lows inside the cage, and seems to have come out, uh, you know, way better as a fighter and a man at- because of it. Um, and that's something else I really like him saying is he's saying, you know, I don't even think I'm close to my fullest potential. The the fact that I'm just figuring these things out now, um, I-, I think that I can get even better and better, and that the the best me is is nowhere near this right now. So um, take Conor McGregor. I mean. 
minus 305. I, I mean, you could take minus 190 for McGregor to win by KO, TKO, or DQ. Right. That's that's great as well. Um, I honestly don't think 305 is that... Ju- I mean, I know it's a juicy line. I know Dustin Poirier is a great lightweight, but um, I'm, I'm going to happily take him at, at minus 305 here. Um, and I'm going to take him now because as the week goes on, you know that number is going to get pushed by all the uh, all the fans out there taking him as well. But um, yeah, I agree. You, he probably gets the job done via knockout. Um, so it makes sense to make the minus 190. I'm just going to take him as my official pick here on the podcast. I'm going to take him minus 305. Um, and I feel pretty good about it. Uh, what are you going to do? I'm going to do both. I'm going to take him at minus 305. And I'm going to hedge that with a minus 190 to win by a knockout. So okay. if he doesn't, I, I, I mean, McGregor doesn't go the distance ever. Yeah. The like la- he did against yeah. Diaz. Diaz was the last, the last time but, I think. Uh, besides that, he's always knocked people out or he got submitted by uh, Khabib. Obviously, I don't, I don't really see this going the distance. I don't think Connor wants it go- to go the distance. Yeah. Um, a lot of people question his stamina because we haven't really seen him go that far into fights. I don't think we're going to see that in in uh, on this Saturday night either. Uh, I think this fight's going to. I said I think it's going to be second or third round. Uh, so I, I mean, like if it. I'm saying that, then I should definitely take this minus 190 line, and yep. I'll either hit both or I'll only hit one of them because I really I like don't that. see Poirier winning. All right, cool. Let's go ahead and close out the show with the lock dog parlay. When we go to gamble, we go to lose subconsciously. I'm still alive. All right, thanks a lot. Dog parlay. All right, let's say our lock on three. One, two, three. McGregor. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I'm taking McGregor. McGregor's the lock. It'd be, dis- it'd be disrespectful to not have McGregor be your lock on this week. The guy, fights once, the guy fights once every two years, basically. Yeah. Once every 18 months. Like, yeah. Take him as the lock. We if, should be honored. He's already, McGregor's what, like 31? Yeah. 30? You yeah. don't know how many he's more of these prime. fights he's going to have. That's true. If you haven't he seen... He might only fight five more times. Right. If you haven't seen a McGregor fight, by the way, uh, do do everything you can to, to get to get a view of this fight. Um, definitely go go if somewhere local to showing it. I know it's a hefty pay-per-view price, but if you can split it with some people, it makes it all, all the more worth it. Uh, Mark and I are going to meet up, enjoy some proper 12, uh, and oh, watch this fight absolutely. together. Um, should sure, be awesome. Please. Shirtless, covered in jewelry. There Did you, you see McGregor arrive at his hotel yes, uh, I, yesterday? Yeah, yeah, he forgot his shirt. He had like, he had no shirt, <laughs> diamonds, Rolls Royce, sweatpants. Uh, just a, just a beast. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely take a chance to watch it. It's actually, I, I meant to say, it's going to be interesting because I think they're only having like two thousand fans. Correct. So I wonder if we'll be able to hear McGregor better because like, like he loves talker. trash talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. I, I, Love True. the chance to hear that. And me, also just like the crack of that left totally, fist totally. going into someone's face. Is, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Uh, your your dog. My dog is actually Jessica. I. No jokes. <laughs> yeah, I, fig- I figured that. That makes sense. She's um, the only dog that I took this week. Right. Uh, and obviously the Machine Gun Kelly relationship right there. I'm riding that wave. Of course. In ride, the the, that, ride the momentum. That makes sense. Exactly. Um, Take, uh, taking uh, Megan Fox's boyfriend's friend. <laughs> this fight. That's why neither of us have wiped up Megan Fox yet, because we don't do. We're not. That's for sure. On, we're not constantly on drugs and covered head, toe, and tattoos. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, 
I, I'm going to take Azaitar uh, inside the distance, as I talked about. Um, he's a big puncher, and he's facing a guy who's been knocked out before. So I'm going to take him. He's undefeated. Uh, you can get that inside the distance price at plus 125. So there's my plus money dog for that one. Last but not least, your parlay. Uh, for my parlay, I'm going to do a four-gamer. I've been really liking those. I Sweet. hit a four-game parlay last week. All right. McGregor's in there, of course. Mm-hmm. All money lines. McGregor, I got Hooker. I got I, Jessica I. Yep. And I've got Rebus. Nice. That out at plus 510. Uh, that's juicy. If you hit that one, you'll be uh, you'll be well and off to that year goal that you've set for yourself. So a plus 510 parlay, that's awesome. Yeah, that'll be real nice. I'm actually also looking, like, if I just took Jessica I out of that, because I feel like my <laughs> reasoning to not. I'll ask your opinion. Like, if, if I take Jessica I out of that parlay, it's still a plus 212. So what are we thinking there? Uh, keep her in five ten, but compared to two twelve, is a big difference. Uh, it's always good if you get if you have a fourteen parlay, the amount that it goes up by just throwing in one dog is is pretty ridiculous. So I always, when I have a chance to, I know I know it's obviously the toughest fight to call, but uh, I always do think that taking one plus money dog in a four teamer is worth it. Okay, well then I'll take your word for it. If and she loses, if, lose, if she, it, you'll if she, owe me, you yeah. owe me the difference if I don't. Yeah, hit that's it. You fair. owe me three hundred dollars. <laughs> if she, yeah, if she blows this parlay, that's fair. Um, my parlay is going to be real simple. I'm going to stick on the two team parlays that are uh, treating me well recently, and I'm just going to take Rebus and McGregor. That feels like a bulletproof parlay, does it not? Oh yeah, bulletproof, nothing to lose. Minus away, minus one thirty six is the price you'll get on those two juicy favorites combined. Um, all right. Uh, it's been a long show. It's been a the uh, the McGregor episode, uh, one that we were very excited for. We hope you enjoyed the content. You can give me a follow at Bet on Kyle at on Twitter. Uh, we're also at, uh, at the SGPN or on uh, on Twitter as well. Um, anything else from you, Mark? Before we close out the week and enjoy the rest of UFC Fight Week for the Conor McGregor Show coming up on Saturday at seven o'clock Pacific. Nope, just enjoy the fight. You don't know how many more you get uh, for the rest of your life before uh, McGregor retires for real this time. And (laughs) there's probably never going to be another athlete, not just fighter, athlete that resembles this guy. So get your proper 12, take your shirt off. That's what Kyle and I are going to be doing. Absolutely. Get the boys together and just absolutely have a good time and 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 enjoy it cuz this is a this is a rare occasion it might not happen again for another year maybe even two who knows uh but yeah i feel like last week i officially relinquished uh, outro duties to you so i'll let you take it away <laughs> all right enjoy the weekend uh give us a follow on social please subscribe to the podcast if you have not already it really helps us out leave a review mentioning about that action and it would be huge as well and we'll catch you next week who know safety isn't a catchphrase it's a culture and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe for the safety minded who watch everyone's backs 
Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has arrived on Disney Plus. The world is upside down. We can't lose this fight, Bucky. If we do this, we're going to do it our own way. Experience the six-episode event. Work partners, co-workers. Not necessarily the team. No. We look damn good. Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now streaming only on Disney+.